Best of Times live from 710 Keel Studios in Shreveport, Louisiana, celebrating age and maturity, helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The Best of Times, your host, Gary Kaligas. Good morning, radio listeners. I'm Gary Kaligas, the publisher of The Best of Times, the only magazine and radio show for mature adults in Northwest Louisiana. Thank you for tuning into our show today and also thanking those who might be listening via the Internet at www.710keel.com. Also thanking those who might be listening via the Keel application on their Apple and Android devices. We do thank AARP Louisiana neighbors, Town and Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer for being the exclusive sponsors of this radio show to provide you with beneficial information each and every Saturday morning. In just a few minutes, we're going to learn some advice from an expert to avoid those travel scams that might affect us seniors and boomers. So stay tuned to the show with some very beneficial information for you and your loved ones. It is Saturday, November the 6th, and we are broadcasting our show from the studios of News Radio 710 Keel, a town square media station here in Shreveport, Louisiana. However, today's show has been pre-recorded, so we will be unable to accept calling questions and comments from our loyal radio listeners. Be sure to pick up the November issue of the Best of Times at one of our 270 distribution locations. Thank you for the many compliments about our magazine. We do appreciate hearing from you. Remember, if you're unable to find a current copy or previous copies of the Best of Times, you can always visit our popular website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com to view both current and past issues of our magazines. In addition to uh, view the 2021 Senior Silver Pages Senior Resource Directory as well as to listen to previously broadcast shows here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. In addition, we have various news information and articles that you can view on our popular website. We'll be right back with more information, but now we're Mark sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AERP Louisiana and Bears, Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, probably presented by AARP Louisiana Neighbors, Tenant Country H Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Kaligas. How do you do? Thank you for listening to our show today. Joining me on my show is a special guest, is Mr. Tony Anscombe. Is that, that pronounced it right, Tony? Well, it's Anscombe, but I Okay, Anscombe. Okay, so there's a lot of silent letters in there. And he's the chief cyber threat officer for SS, and he's going to give us some advice on the riskiest travel scams for seniors and some tips to help us seniors avoid those particular scams. So thank you, Tony, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. So you, your staff was telling me that um, that now is the, amongst the riskiest time for scams for people over 65, but especially regarding travel, vacation, timeshare. Time so why is that? Well, it's certainly one of, uh, one of the riskiest times. Unfortunately, cyber criminals 
pick on certain topics throughout the year and look at the demographics of the people they're attacking. So, uh, yeah, as we get towards vacation time, then there's certain scams they will run to try, uh, to try and dupe us out of our money. And then, yeah, as we launch around the turn of the year, it will be switched to tax uh, scams, offering rebates and such like. So, unfortunately, cyber criminals have a calendar of attacks that they're going to use, and they also use opportunistic attacks as well, and use things that happen, uh, for example, recent hurricanes. I'm sure there's been lots of phishing emails offering help and support or unique coverage of hurricane activity as well. Wow. So, but, but I want you to give your advice about this COVID. We you know we're we're in a, I would say a, a limbo COVID nineteen situation now. I know a lot of my seniors and boomer friends throughout the world and throughout our area are itching to travel, and they're so now they're so nervous and they're getting in in uh, inundated by uh, requests from email calls, etc. And I'm, we're going to talk about those. They don't know which one's true, which one's fault, but some of them are, as one lady said, "Wow, this is an offer I could I could not believe." So you got to be careful about those. But they're 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 grasping us because they know we got the money, they know we got the time, and they know they we want to get out of our houses. Is that right? They certainly do, and we've seen a number of different types of scams. Uh, for example, you know, phishing emails uh, claiming to be from airlines offering cheap flights, but what they're actually doing is trying to collect your data. But let me give you one very specific uh, instance of uh, rental scams. So yeah, if, if your travel takes you somewhere and you're thinking of getting a short-term vacation rental through one of the many different sites that offer those short-term rentals, yeah, if you're a social media person, you may well have seen adverts in social media or offers of good low-cost rental uh, opportunities that feel too good to be true and they've got pictures of houses and there's an urgency for you to book because other people are interested and they want to take your money off of the booking platforms. I, they want to, you know, they want you to do a direct transfer, they want you to pay in some strange way or, but they, what they certainly don't want you to do is turn and say, no, actually, we're going to go, I want you to go to VRBO or Airbnb or such like, and uh, I'll book there. And that's because they're scammers. You know, they're on social media advertising properties they don't own, and they sound and feel very legitimate. Uh, but there's, like I said, there's an urgency. They're going to want you to pay the deposit or, or the full amount up front in a non-normal way or non-secure way. And unfortunately, that's how they're making their money. Um, and that's, yeah, during COVID, that's become more apparent because it's harder, isn't it, to, everything is being done online. So even if you're renting a property that maybe you've got a relative that could go see it, maybe they can use the excuse that actually during these times we can't let you see the property because of the hygiene, et cetera, et cetera. So they've, it's increased their ability to actually scam people. So, so what should my my radio listeners and readers of my magazine do to protect themselves? Because they they I've seen them, I've actually had some of those on social media, and I've actually got an email. I mean, this is a particular property. Now, I love it, Tony. The, one of the headlines was, "This is certified COVID nineteen free living um, apartment in some resort place." 
it was guaranteed no COVID's going to be in that particular apartment for all the days that you're going to be there, which I thought was a, a really catchy idea. Uh, it was definitely a catchy idea. I'm not sure anybody could actually guarantee that one. True. I mean, that, that's, but a lot of people think probably, oh, look, honey, I can, we can stay there and not worry about getting COVID. <laughs> so, so yes, and unfo- go ahead. And unfortunately, cyber criminals will play on, uh, you know, will play on people's fear of things such as COVID to make themselves extra cash. Wow. So whenever, whenever those people, which. Uh, I'm going to admit many, many years ago, I was uh, I had calls in my office and I was like in my 30s and I decided uh, this person kept calling me and saying, we got a great trip for you and your wife to just to fly out of here real quickly. And I said, OK. And he said, just give me a credit card. We'll just hold it for you. And then all of a sudden I got charged like three thousand dollars for this particular trip that I didn't even know that much about. But luckily I I. Uh, I don't know why I decided to call my, um, this is many years ago, call my visa company, and they did put a stop on it and reverse the charges. But the person was extremely fast about charging my credit card, more than what the $100 to hold it for. Is that what happens sometimes? Yeah, so they ask for payment by wire transfer, via PayPal, or even via gift cards. I mean, that's, that's another frequent frequent payment method. Or, of course, if... If they're venturing into the, the larger amounts of money, they may even ask for cryptocurrency payments. Wow. And it's difficult sometimes to get that money back. You might be able to deal with your credit card company, your bank, but it, it, it takes some time and effort. Drew? Yeah, absolutely. And it's important to understand that when you book through a legitimate platform, the money is held in, in effect in an escrow type account. So. For example, if you book through one of the big rental uh, temporary you know, vacation rental sites, the, the owner of the property doesn't actually see that money until after you've checked in. So I, in after you've actually arrived at the property, got into the property, and are happy and have confirmed that you're checked in successfully, wow. then they release the money to to the owner. Up until that point, you know the money the, the money is being held. So you have that. Not only if you're paying by credit card, do you have some security around the fact the credit card company uh, will try and protect the payment, but also the platform you're booking through will protect it. And that's why you should only book through legitimate, uh, legitimate platforms. Okay, the question being, how do you know if they're legit- legitimate or not? Well, they're the, they're the big ones. So, for example, Airbnb, VRBR, I mean, there's numerous ones, and a lot of the travel sites actually now offer those temporary vacation rentals as well. Uh, so also look at look at you know do an online scan uh, an online scan so go to your search engine your search provider you know Google or, or Bing or whatever you use and actually look up to see the reviews about that service so I look to see whether they are legitimate see, see what else is being said about them but typically I think most people understand the the, the big ones out there the brand recognizable right. names that are there now. But, Tony, don't these other non-legitimate ones and maybe lower land, when you Google it and you say, I want to go to Italy, it you know it pops up a, a million different opportunities. And, and a lot of them said, we'll beat, meet or beat any quotes you get from any other agency or any other institution. Sometimes that attracts people, and right? It, it, like, it does pull them in. 
Absolutely, and if if you see something on social media where somebody has got pictures of their house and they're saying they're the owner and they're, they're you know they're willing to rent it to you, it may actually look very legitimate. One of the great things that you can do, uh, one of the very little known things actually that you can do, is uh, if you click uh, if you save the image. So if there's a picture of a property somebody's advertising, you know, save the image out to your machine, and then you can do what's what's known as a reverse image lookup. So if you go to, for example, Google uh, Images, you can upload the image that you've just saved from somewhere, and it will tell you where else on the internet that image appears. That's amazing. And the importance of that is if, if this is a cyber criminal advertising a property, you might actually find this same, pro this same picture being used to advertise 15 different properties in different <laughs> locations, which will instantly tell you it's a scam. Oh, wow. And, and, you know, and it's so sad how how professionally these these uh, criminals are that they can just spoof us, and we we think it's something legit, and we're, we're looking forward to it, but they they take advantage of us. I mean, it's it's amazing. So, uh, why why do they target seniors and boomers? Because we're so gullible. Is that the is that the case? Well, that's interesting. I, I no, I, I would defend seniors. Thank you very much. <laughs> Yeah, and say it's not that uh, it's an unfamiliarity with technology. I mean, we all use technology, but there's a difference. If if you go and talk to somebody that's uh, 25, they've actually never known a disconnected life. <laughs> so the internet has been there, and this current communication mechanism has been a part of their life from the point they were born. And even if you talk to somebody at 40, that's true of at least you know, two thirds of their life. Whereas if you talk to somebody in later years, you know, this is still relatively a new thing, isn't it? An unfamiliarity with the technology. Uh, and they use it with, with caution, but without, you know, without it being a habit in the okay. same way it is for younger people. So I think cyber criminals play on that and that uncertainty. Uh, and it's interestingly though, you know, I can point to a, a good group of people who are in their earlier years who are in a rush and life is moving really quickly who will click links in just the same way as a senior will. Okay, that's a good good, good analogy. They're quick, quick. But mo most of us seniors don't make that action pretty quickly, but sometimes it's forced upon us. You know, It's like this is an opportunity. We only have two rooms. We only have two cabins available at this super-duper rate. So hurry, hurry and get that cabin on our cruise ship, right? So they, they make it Make, yeah, they make yeah, you make the decision quickly. Yeah, absolutely. If if the person is is pushing you, is harassing you to do something very quickly, then I you know, I would actually step back, consider it may be a scam, and look for to see whether it's legitimate. Now, I will use myself as an example here. You know, about a month or so ago, we rented a short-term uh, you know, vacation rental just for a weekend, and. It came to the booking process, and I asked the landlord, the, the guy renting it, to prove he owned it. Now, it seems like a really odd question. I was on a legitimate platform. It, it, he, it was kind of last minute, so the, he, I think he'd reduced the price. But I asked him some questions. Mm -hmm. I asked him to provide me a utility bill for the property oh. with his name on it. That kind of, kind of cements the fact that he owned the property. Now, to start with, he asked why, and I just turned and said, well, look, I just want to confirm you are actually the owner. There's a lot of these scams going on. 
and he complied immediately and fully understood why I was asking. But don't be scared to actually ask those additional questions. And if they, they hedge it, they, I don't have access to it, I may be able to get it in a few days. So, But, but you know, that, that is an interesting question to, to, to prove that he owned it or, or she owned it. So what happens if you, which I'm, I'm, I know in the past, I'm sure it still happens, people show up to uh, their wonderful rental private home that they rented in Miami Beach or, or uh, Rome, Italy, and they show up and it's not there or it's not available or it's the wrong, you know, they totally get scammed. So do they have any recourse once they get there? Well, if they've paid through a legitimate platform, of course they do. Uh, and that platform, you know, will be fighting fraud as much as anybody else. And you should contact the the platform or, or whoever it is you, that you booked it through. If you booked it directly, I, I think there's very little recourse. I mean, you should talk to your credit card company uh, and make yeah, if that's the method of payment you use and ask their advice. Uh, the other thing is there's some great resources, and actually all victims of cybercrime like this or fraud you know, should make sure they report the fraud as well. So local law enforcement would also uh, go to the FTC's website and report cybercrime and fraud there as well because the more people that report it, you know, the more uh, resources that legislators and politicians will put into actually fighting crime of this type you know, as long as they know the actual numbers that are happening. So if you elevate those numbers and get the right reporting, it should, uh, it should see better resources used to fight it. So, Tony, if it's, if it's reported, so if, if something's reported that's fraudulent in, in Brazil or, 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 or someplace in Europe, and it's reported as fraudulent by some matter of means, luckily somebody six months or five months ago did. So when you try to, when you are dealing with this individual or individuals, does it flag it and say this is suspicious? I mean, I, I, I don't see... It's been reported, so how does a new person find out it's possibly fraudulent and you shouldn't keep going? Well, bear in mind, um, you know, law enforcement will have cybercrime divisions who, are, who will then look. And if they see you know, the same image or the same email addresses being used or websites that are being used fraudulently, say a certain website that's being used by cybercriminals, yeah, potentially, law enforcement have the, the option to contact the ISP and inform them that this website is being used uh, fraud, for fraud, and the ISP could well take it offline. So it does actually help. Okay, it does. It does actually help. What What about when individuals, let's say, uh, I know of many people a few years ago told me that they were getting these super duper deals on cruises. And uh, through some website, and so I remember this gentleman was telling me that he was emailing this person back and forth. They could have been in, you know, no telling where in the world. And, but he asked, "Here's my phone number. Call me." And the person responded. But I remember him telling me this. I don't deal in telephone calls. I only deal in email transmissions. Is that a red flag? That would be a red flag to me uh, because, yeah, I think if in most situations, companies still have the option to, to speak over voice. And in fact, you know, we see lots of scams using voice still. Uh, I'm sure, Gary, you know, you've had those calls at home saying, 
Hey, I'm from Microsoft. We've uh, proactively seen there's a problem with your computer. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we'd like to dial in, you know, we'd like to connect to it and, and, um, and fix it for you. Yeah. yeah. We still see cyber, you know, some cyber scams running in that way. And I'm sure you, your listeners often hear the car warranty robo calls on their phones as well. That, that, that is one of the most prevalent calls and uh, that I get myself in my home and my business each and every day. And I'm trying to block those calls. They still come. They still come through. Well, hold that thought. We'll be right back with more information. But now we're with more sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana, Eddie Bears, Town and Country Risk Report, the Dodge Chrysler Ram, and Jeep Dealer. Gary Kalidas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and A-Bears, Tenant Country Ocean Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Kalidas, and I do thank you for listening to our show today. Joining me on my show as a special guest is Mr. Tony Ensom, who is the Chief Cyber Threat Officer with ESSETS, and he's giving us advice on the riskiest travel scams for seniors and some of the, the safety tip for us seniors to use to avoid being victimized by these scams. So, Tony, tell us a little bit about your the organization that you're a member of. So the company I work for is called ESET, and we're a uh, cyber security company. And many people, uh, if you've heard of us, will know us for things like antivirus software. Uh, you know, we've been in the business for 30 plus years, so from those early viruses on very you know, early computer, uh, computing devices. And today, I mean, that's very much changed. It's about cyber security, not so much just antivirus. And it's about protecting laptops and mobile phones. We even have a product that will secure your TV if you're using an Android TV uh, and protecting other devices around the home, but all the, all the way through to providing cyber security for big enterprises as well. So, you know, companies with 10, 15, 20,000 seats upwards uh, and securing those endpoints and providing security intelligence. We're also known as a big research company, so we, we get involved in some of the kind of ingrained hacks in when you hear about power grids or critical infrastructure going down, we often get involved in taking apart those attacks and looking to see how the cyber attacker did it so that we can protect in the future. So those individuals, those criminals throughout the world are in some little tent or some house and they're just sitting there religiously trying to access in, in our power grids and our systems to try to to mix up stuff, to try to steal money, to try to do other things, right? I mean, that, that's their, their well, sole purpose in life. That's all they do. <laughs> well, I, th I think you may have been right 10 or 15 years ago, Gary, but today I think cybercrime is a business, and it's uh, unfortunately a well-funded business. Because if you look just this year, uh, you've got... You know, $4.4 million was taken from the Colonial Pipeline attack. Uh, $40 million was taken from CNA Financial uh, through ransomware payments. Uh, JBS Food, there was another, I think it was $11 or $14 million. 
these are big ticket items. I don't think they're sitting in the back of a garage without a heater with their hoodie on. Uh, <laughs> I think they're sitting on some luxury beach or yacht somewhere <laughs> launching their attacks. But do do they pick on the little guy like me and others? I mean, what what would be their benefit to to hack into my computer? I mean, I've got yeah, all these protections and so forth. But I, I want to retrospect one thing. You said one thing that nobody's ever told me. They can actually hack your TV? They can hack your TV. If you're running a uh, uh, smart TV and you're running similar apps to apps that you run on your phone, then absolutely. It's just a, it's the same risk applies. And what would be their benefit of hacking my TV and seeing what I'm watching or whatever they're trying to do there? Well, so, so for example, we demonstrated one particular threat uh, uh, recently where actually we showed a piece of malware. So somebody had infected, we'd infected a, a TV with a piece of malware we found in the wild. And what that malware actually did was even when you push the standby button on your TV remote to turn it off, uh, it did turn the screen off, but the processor of the TV, remember, in effect, it's a small computer that's running your TV once it's a smart TV, remained on, and actually it was uh, cryptocurrency mining. So it was making money for the, the malware writer by using that resource to, as part of a cryptocurrency mining scam. Wow. That is some sophistication. Worth golly. Can't they better solve the world rather than trying to figure it out to make us oh, sit there worry? I mean, it, it's, it's sad in a way. It, it, it's so, so, so sad. So are certain parts of the world or country more prone to attacks than others, and why is that? Well, in certain areas, the, uh, people have more money or have a higher propensity to click or give away information. So, for example... Um, you know, I've actually worked both in Europe, uh, as you can probably tell by my accent, and I now you know, live and work in the US. Um, in certain countries in Europe, if you ask somebody for an email address, they'll say no. If here I ask somebody for their email address, they give me three. <laughs> <laughs> and it, so, so cyber criminals are clever, and they'll they'll target where they think one that they can actually get the data simple, uh, simply and where people are more willing and uh, probably have more resources to give. So I, if, you know, if you may, for an example, let's, in fact, let's take the Twitter attack last year. I don't know whether you remember when Elon Musk and a few other celebrities had their Twitter accounts hacked. Uh, they put out a tweet saying, the, the cyber attacker put out a tweet saying, you know, if you send us uh, $1,000 of Bitcoin, then we'll send you $2,000 back. And, and of course, it appeared as though it was one of these celebrities or high-profile wow. people sending this tweet. Um, yeah, if I aimed that at a country where a thousand dollars is six months' salary, I'm unlikely to to get much response. But if I aim that at parts of parts of the U.S., then I'm more likely to get a response. So, cyber, unfortunately, cyber criminals are well aware of the demographics of where people have money and whether they've got this propensity to click and uh, play in that way. Has you, your company and others and, and our law enforcement figured out, could there be like in these pipeline companies, I used to work for a pipeline company like 50 years ago, uh, do they have spies in there? Do they have people that are selling out to, to, to get their access? Or 
I mean, to, to me, it seemed like they had a lot of precautions, but maybe somebody actually slipped something at a, at a bar or through an email to, to to help these criminals to get into the system to, to do the ransomware and all the other bad things. Have they looked into that? Well, I'm sure, I'm sure law enforcement do look into how attacks happen, but primarily a lot of cyber attacks happen through uh, spear phishing or phishing campaigns where the credentials of somebody in the organization have been compromised uh, because the cyber criminal has cleverly duped them out of, uh, out of that person. So, for example, yeah, uh, an email lands in their inbox that turns it looks and feels very, very legitimate. And maybe the cyber criminal has already been watching email styles or understands you know, who somebody's boss is, etc., or how an organ- you know, what the different departments in an organization are. They send in an email, they make it look legitimate, and they ask, ask the person to confirm their password or confirm their, their sign-on, and they look maybe like the IT support department. And unfortunately, you know, some of these are very sophisticated and look very real, and it's sometimes very difficult even for somebody like me to identify them and turn and say, well, this one's fake and this one's real. In fact, I have some images on my machine that I use in presentations, and it, it, uh, the, the, often the ones that are real are the ones that somebody will say are fake because sometimes the fake ones look more real than wow. the real ones. Wow, so they take a lot of time and effort in trying to make it yeah. look legit as much. So give some advice to our listeners. I know they're all, they're all squirming now here, so let, let's, let's first tell them it's, it's, the need to know is when, when they get an email or even get a call about, I mean, I, I love it. They all get these occasionally, we get our call from the Social Security office, they think, and they say, we need to get your access to, for your account, or we need to get something. We're going to send you more money. I love the, many years ago, they said, we're going to going to give you your new Medicare card, but you have to give us your sign-in, and you have to pay up $150, and we'll give you your new Medicare card for you quickly. And a lot of people did that. It was one of the big scams throughout the United States. It was sad. But how many people wanted their new Medicare number so quickly that they fell into that trap? We announced it here on the radio show. I mean, hundreds of times, but still people thought it was true. And, and that's the unfortunate part about it, isn't it? These people will use whatever they think is the emotional moment of the, you know, emotional topic of the moment to try and dupe us out of whether it's information or whether it's our money. And and so when when they're when they're doing scams, let's say travel scams or other scams. Um, the best thing for an individual to do is just don't respond? Well, so let, let's start with, um, you know, if, if the first thing to do is to make sure that on all your devices you've got cyber security software. So as we mentioned, I'm from ESET and, you know, we provide uh, software of that nature. But you know, if you don't, don't run ours, run somebody else's, make sure you run somebody's. And that's my point. But I'd love you, obviously, to come and look at these sets. Um, but you know, make sure you run it on all the devices that you use to connect as well. So, you know, your TV, your phone, your laptops. Yeah, and if it expires, don't think, well, that's all right, I'll renew it next month, it's only a month. Uh, you know, that window of opportunity, unfortunately, could be the, the window of opportunity some cyber criminal will take advantage of. So don't, make sure it's act, running and it's active and you, you proactively, you know, on occasion run, run a scan of the device. Um, but also then air 
caution. I mean, cyber security is a mix of uh, adjusting your behavior and using technology. And while software can protect you from most things, you know, somebody sending you that email and it being a spear phishing email that then maybe takes the communication in a different different way, then it's difficult for, for technology to always uh, identify that and stop it. So you air caution too. Yeah, the social security office never rings you and calls you. They never they never call you and ask you for your login credentials. Yeah, the tax office do not proactively reach out and tell you you've got a rebate. I wish they did. <laughs> uh, that would be great, wouldn't it? Um, you know, you've got to go claim your rebate. So look look at what's in front of you and ask yourself whether it feels or looks legitimate, and come from the point of distrust, not trust. In fact, in the cyber security uh, arena, there's a term now being uh, being used frequently called zero trust. And that's actually probably a good place to start even as a consumer. When you open an email, have zero trust with that email. Zero trust. I mean, don't trust it at all. Zero trust. Wow. Don't trust it at all. And and then go from there and, and allow it to, tr- you know, allow it to gain your trust as opposed to trust it from inception. Okay, that's a, that's an interesting concept. So to, to to build credibility, assume it's wrong, assume it's scam, but move on from that if you if you feel. I mean, all of us in in business and pleasure, we get gazillion. I think we use that word. Uh, lots of emails, <laughs> lots of texts, and of course social media. You know, messaging back and forth so much and. I mean, some of us seniors do Twitter, but very few of us do. I don't think that that, that many, many the, the young millennials and others use it. But uh, but it, it is it's mind-boggling how how, how this is just so interwoven and how it's uh, affecting all of us positively, mainly sometimes negatively. So hold that thought. We'll be right back with more and more segments. But now, words from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Kilo, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana Neighbors, Tenant Country Report, the Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep Dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Kilo. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Kilo. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, probably presented by AARP Louisiana and A-Bears Tenant Country Ish Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Kaligas, and I do thank you for listening to our show today. Joining me on my show is a special guest is Mr. Tony Ansom, who is a Chief Cyber Threat Officer with ESSET, and he's giving us advice on the riskiest travel scams and other scams and some cyber scams. Um, safety tips for us seniors and boomers. So thank you, Tony, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. I wanted to ask you that I think more and more people do not do throughout the world is whenever there's a data breach, they seem it's not going to affect me. And really, it could affect them, right? Yes, that's very interesting, isn't it? We hear about these mass data breaches of three, four, five hundred million records. And what we never hear of is the victims. And I think if we heard more about the people who have their identity stolen or who have money taken from their bank accounts because of a data breach, then I think we would start to take it more seriously. But yes, you are absolutely correct. You hear about the big data breach. You go, yeah, I wonder if my data is involved in there. Uh, What value is my data to a cyber criminal? Probably very little. 
and people then don't go and change the passwords on other accounts where they use the same password and, and just com completely ignore it. Now, Gary, I'm going to give you a very personal story on on this, and hopefully this will help your listeners understand that if you hear that you may have been part of a data breach, you absolutely have to take action. Um, about two years ago, British Airways uh, had a what's called a code injection on their website. So cyber criminals had inserted code on their website that copied transactions. Wow! So copied your credit card, you know, copied your credit card data and your personal information while you, while you were transacting with British Airways. Um, about three months later, uh, I have a, uh, a card that I don't use very often. Uh, in fact, very rarely, about once or twice a year. It's it's a card that it's, it's an emergency bank account that we all all of my family members hold, uh, and is meant to get us out of trouble. Yeah, so it's, it has some money attached to it, and it's it's if you get somewhere in the world and you need need yeah, so need some this quick cash. Yeah, and, yeah, and I, I used this particular card to transact. My son was travelling, and he wanted me to reserve a seat on a on a certain aeroplane, which I did. And I never thought any, any more of it. Clearly, my data was in part of that data breach, uh, and I hadn't related this single transaction to that data breach. Uh, and sure enough, three months later, seven and a half thousand dollars disappeared from that account. Wow. And the, the cyber criminal, here's the interesting part, purchased 43 different insurance policies <laughs> and then had the insurance companies refund the insurance policies. So you have a cooling off period. When you take an insurance policy, there's a cooling off period where you can then contact the company and say, yeah, I actually don't want the insurance. And okay, give me back it. the money. Right. And the cyber criminal was getting it refunded back to a separate account. Oh. Telling them that they'd had, they didn't have that account anymore. So they were actually laundering the money through insurance companies. Wow. And getting it paid back to them in cash, which was super interesting from a point of a cybersecurity person like me. Was there anything I could have done to avoid this? Absolutely not. Gee. And I will say that the banks and law enforcement were very quick to step up, uh, look into the case, refund the money, put it so, so I, I was not at any loss. Um, and, and investigated it fully, which was which was absolutely awesome. But my point is, even in the data breach where you don't think that you could have become a victim, you know, make sure if you've got an account or you've transacted with a company you hear who have had this issue, make sure you take preventative measures. And I found out by accident because I went through an FTC site, and you can actually they'll they'll list you the breaches, and you can actually go into some system and put your email and put some identification, it will tell you you have been breached. It will even tell you that you're a suspected breach. They, this particular people, you're on the what is it, dark web, whatever it's called, and, and sure enough. And uh, I went and changed a few of my different, uh, of course, passwords and canceled some, a lot of my accounts. But, uh, so, uh, but it could be in. We've had several of them throughout the world, but I'll, I will tell you one of the big ones that happened to me, but I didn't even know about it, but it was based upon a breach. Uh, they filed unemployment uh, compensation <laughs> on me for a whole year without me knowing about it until I get the notice that I've received like $10,000. And I was like shocked. And so it was a data breach. And the government, uh, both the state of Louisiana as well, the federal government says we were not aware of it until it went out and we knew it was fraudulent, but the money was given to somebody. 
in that, in that sale? Um, that's exactly... And that's exactly the point, Gary. We all sit there and think, well, we're not worth anything because we can't envision, envision the way that somebody might actually fraudulently take our identity and make money from it. So we all do have this value. One of the, one of the biggest things, uh, you know, one of the biggest pieces of advice we can give everybody listening to your show today is unique passwords. You know, don't go down this path of the same password on multiple sites. And enable two-factor or multi-factor or whatever that site calls it, factor authentication. And that's the system where it uses your phone, sends you a text message, and you then use the text message to log on. So that second form of identification beyond a password, always switch it on. Even on the websites where you know, it's not that important. So even if you're on a party invite website, Switch on two-factor authentication. Always protect your identity with it. Well, that's, that's great advice. I've done that for many, many of my accounts, and it's really... It, some people say, well, that sure is time-consuming. Well, it's going to take a little, couple extra steps. You're going to get that text. You're going to get that email, but you're going to be able to verify yourself, and you know, you, you'll know it's truly you that you're dealing with, and et cetera, and you're, you're the actual person going into that particular account, and et cetera. So I... I do, I do uh, advocate that as well. Do, do you do you think it's going to get better or worse for us uh, throughout the world? Are, they, are these ransomware people are are they finally being caught and finally being stopped? And I, I hear we have so many different uh, private and governmental companies are trying to stop all these. Is are we are we winning the war or are we not winning the war? I think. Yeah, well, certainly as a cyber security company, you know, we do win. What you only, what you hear about in the media are the attacks that are unfortunately successful. You know, what you don't hear is all the, the attacks that are blocked. So, you know, there is a huge positive going on in here as well, of, uh, but unfortunately the, the negativity is, is what we read about in, in the news every morning. Um, in my personal view, for example, the ransomware attacks, I think at some stage you have to uh, legislate in some way of making report, reporting of an attack mandatory. And you know, you know, for years we've heard in Hollywood movies, when you watch some crime movie, you know, we need to take down Mr. Big, stop the money. I think at some stage that's where this is at and we need to look at why why is it that we have this payment method that has a level of, you know, of the cyber criminal being able to remain somewhat anonymous hmm. uh, through cryptocurrencies? And in some way, I think this entire section of the internet needs to have legislation and regulation on it that would actually stop these payments being made. Take the money from cyber crime, and I think you'd have a lot less cyber crime. And what else will they be doing after this? Hopefully a legit job. <laughs> Writing good code and good programs that we could all benefit the world. I mean, it, it's, it's amazing that, uh, that they, you know, a quick way, way to make money, but to scam the individuals that, you know, really can't afford to be scammed. I mean, I've heard so many people that have been uh, scammed throughout my area that it's, it's so sad that they've done all their life savings and, and by, because of one accident, uh, data breach or gave the wrong person the wrong information or they gave it to their granddaughter that logged in and it was spoofed or, or fished and then, then all of a sudden uh, the bank account was drained. 
So, yeah, it's sad. It is definitely sad out there. Any other good piece of advice to give our listeners out there? No, the, 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 the multi-factor authentication one, you know, I can't stress it enough. And, you know, coming at uh, content that you receive into your inbox from that zero trust type attitude, I think is going to provide you a big, big protection and, you know, run cyber security software and make it, you know, make sure it's up to date. Those are the, probably the three or four big ones in there. And, you know, that, come back to that zero trust. Yeah, you know which emails are legitimate. You know which text messages are legitimate. Yeah, and anything else, always treat as though it's a scam, and then allow them to earn that trust in the same way that we actually do offline. If you think about we, how we behave when we meet people, yeah, we often don't give them all of our trust until they've earned it, and that's how we should behave digitally as well. You just yeah. don't immediately. I, mean, I would say they. When they come up to you, give them immediately their email address. I mean, that, you know, I've, I've had some people at some uh, business networking. I already knew the guy. And he says, I want your email address. And I said, why? <laughs> he said, well, I need, I need to contact you. And I said, well, here's my phone number. We're meeting right now. Let, let's discuss before you getting your email address. You know, that was like weird. I thought it was very unusual. Go ahead. Well, you raise a good point. Yeah, you raise a very good point, actually, there. Okay. Think about when you go onto a website and the website asks you for information out of context of what the services that website provides. You know, maybe it's asking you for, can you confirm your income or your, your age? Well, do they need to know it? <laughs> if they don't need to know it, don't give it up. I mean, I think you're out the information somebody needs. But sure. the one thing that we should mention, you know, because what we've just talked about for, for 40 minutes or so, is very negative and, and you could paint the internet and the way we communicate today in a very negative light. Look at the internet. Look at how fabulous it actually is. Look at how we communicate today. We, you know, we can video chat with our relatives and through this pandemic, hasn't that been an absolute godsend of being able to see our relatives in per, you know, on, on the other side of that screen and communicating. Our, our kids go to school. They have interactive lessons. No longer are they carrying bags of books that weigh a ton and seeing static pictures. They're watching videos of remote geographies around the world and having interactive learning. And this, this, this is a yeah, this is a communication mechanism that has changed our world, and most of it has changed for the better. I, yeah, I definitely agree with you. It's I'm, I'm very a, small element. I'm a positive. I've seen. I'm 71. I've seen all the technology changes. Being a former engineer many years ago until now, it's it's totally amazing. Totally amazing. So thank you, Tony, for joining us today. You were quite educational, and I know that you've helped many of my listeners out there, including myself. Again, I thank you for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Best best of luck to you. And again, thank you for joining us today. My pleasure, Gary. Everyone, please thank our sponsors and advertisers who do support our radio show and our magazine, The Best of Times Magazine. Remember to tell your friends to listen to our show next Saturday for information that could benefit them or their loved ones. Don't forget to pick up your personal copy of The Best of Times in one of our 270 distribution locations. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Have a great day and a great weekend. Thank you again for listening to our show. I'm Gary Caligas, wishing you and yours the best of times both today and every day. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 9 a.m. for more Best of Times. This is 1017 FM and 710 Kiel.